You're listening to the 108 Days of Chanting podcast, a show where we aim to understand who we really are so we can more effectively move towards what we want. My name is Chaitanya Das, and I'm a husband, a father, and an inspiring devotee, best known for not being known at all. I'm sitting down with interesting people to talk about their story, the lessons they've learned, and what it really means to be happy. Freedom is the basis of our existence. So with everything that is going on online, uh, going on online or going on around the world today, right? What the world has been experiencing since uh, the beginning of 2020, March 2020. Um, I don't need to say what it is about, right? It's a health crisis. And that sparked a lot of conversation around freedom, right? Especially here in the United States. I know so many people that are vocal about exercise their right uh, um, their right to fight their, you know, to, to, to speak their mind, right, and fight for their rights, the right to, fart, to fight for their rights. And freedom is an important thing for people. They want to they wanna feel free to make their choices. And I agree. I think that, uh, um, you know, we are, as I, as I said in the beginning of this video, I believe that freedom is the basis of our existence. We are free. I just think it's interesting how people approach this whole subject matter of freedom, especially or specifically people in my community and, and those around me, people that have some spiritual understanding, some spiritual knowledge, they have a spiritual practice, right, or a spiritual pursuit. And it's, and it's interesting to me to see, like, how we can easily, even though having uh, having some understanding of who we really are, right, which is not this material body, having some understanding of the nature of this material world and having some understanding of, of God, of the supreme, the supreme absolute truth, of Bhagavan, right? We still engage in this type of subject matter and conversation in, in a mood that I believe when I witness and when I, when I sit back a little bit and I witness, sometimes my behavior, I try to police myself more than anything else, right? I try not to police others, moving away from that, because I'm trying to realize that I am not the doer, I'm not the controller, right? But I do try to, to witness and, and um, make sure I'm paying attention to my own behavior. And when I look at my behavior, as I said, and honestly, you know, people's behavior when it comes to uh, voicing their opinion and let everybody know where they stand, I cannot help but think that most of us are acting under illusion. We have not really understood, you know, the message um, of the Bhagavad Gita. We have not understood what Srila Prabhupada, Srila Gurudev, so many of our Vaishnavacharas have um, come to give which is transcendental knowledge, right? Open our eyes to, to whom we really are. And why do I say that? Because it's often and, and it's often and common to see people uh, communicating their opinion, communicating what they think should be, you know, they should be doing and others should be doing. That is very common, right? People telling you online what you should and should not be doing. You've seen them there communicating that for the most part, they're pushing against what is not wanted. They're pushing against the things that they don't want in their lives, right? When it comes, when it comes um, to, the, to the vaccination issue, a lot of people going online and being very vocal, right, against those, those that are favorable towards getting protection, getting uh, 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 vaccinated. And it's a, very, it's a very, in my opinion, it's a very unintelligent thing to do. And it goes against a scriptural, a scriptural junction. It goes against, against the instructions we have received from our, from our acharyas, from our spiritual masters, from our guru paramparam, right? From our disciplic succession. And why am I saying that? Because it's there. The instructions are there. And the question that comes to mind to me when I see people engaging in that way is... I want to make sure that I understand, not only understand the instructions of our acharyas, the instruction of my Gurudev, the instruction of our the instructions of our Guru Paramparam, but most importantly, I want to make sure that in the moment 
as I'm experiencing this life, I'm, I'm, I'm focusing on what is wanted. I'm focusing on what I want based on truth, not based on the false ego, not based on, on what I think should be done, right? And it's a very deep and philosophical subject matter. Subject matter. Hopefully I, won't, I, I can be concise and get to the point here. I started this video saying the basis of our existence is absolute freedom. And why I believe that to be the truth? Because we are part and parcels of the supreme absolute truth. We are part and parcels of God. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, uh, which is considered to be none other, who is considered to be none other than Krishna himself, right? In the mood of his topmost devotee, of his pleasure potency, of the one that is that lives to serve and bring him pleasure, right? He came, uh, he came to 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 give love of God, right? To to give the 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 process, the method through which one can engage and develop his or her constitutional relationship, original constitutional relationship with transcendence, with the supreme absolute truth. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, in a conversation with uh, one of his disciples, Sanatana Goswami, he said, Sanatana Goswami asked him, who am I? Right, who am I? And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu answer, answered, you are Shakti, right? You are spirit soul, your energy, your part and parcel of Krishna. And uh, the word is Tatashta Shakti, right? Marginal en energy. And according to the Vedic scriptures, we have uh, Krishna has three main potencies, energies, right? The lower potency, which is if I might be getting things mixed up here, but I believe it's um, apara apara shakti, which is the lower um, lower um, energy, tatashta shakti, which is the marginal en energy, and then para shakti, which is the spiritual energy, right? And that is simply, you know, in other words, this means that. The lower energy is the material energy, this material world, that matter, right, that we interact with, even this, this body, right? Because the body is also that matter. Without the soul, the spark of life in this body or any other body, insects, animals, right, matter is there. It dies. It's that matter. Then we have uh, marginal shakti, right? The marginal, the, tash, the, the tatashta shakti, the marginal potency, which is who we are, the living entity, right? The scriptures present the, the, the tatashta shakti, the marginal energy as the jiva shakti. Now, and shakti means potency, energy. And then para shakti, which is the spiritual world, right? The, 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 the world that cannot be perceived through this um, material body, right? A higher plane of existence. So many spiritual um, backgrounds talk about heaven and some other things, which goes beyond that. Because according to the Vedic scriptures, heaven is still here in this universe. It's just a higher planetary system, right? But the spiritual, the spiritual potency goes beyond the material manifestation, right? This is where the supreme absolute truth, right? Liberated souls uh, live to serve and enjoy and serve has a bad connotation here in this material world, but it actually our constitutional position is of servant, is of das, in relationship to that, supreme, to, to that supreme absolute truth. But anyways, freedom, right? Why did I say the basis of our existence is absolute freedom? Because, again, we're part and parcels of God. And in which way are we free in this material world? I heard someone saying before, and it really hit me, it, it, it really resonated with me because I heard someone saying, we are so free that we choose bondage. And I, I, I couldn't help but love that statement because it's true. We are so free that we choose bondage. There's no assertion. Nothing is being done to us. A lot of, a lot of times language is used in a way that, oh, he's being punished. Even sometimes you hear, uh, you know, our Varsanavacharyas, uh, um, our spiritual master is speaking of how the jiva has to go into hellish planets, right? To be punished for their sins. And 
the more and more I listen and the more and more I question, you can see that this is language that they are using just so we can understand because it's what we are, we are familiar with. But that punishment is actually purification. Is it, it's it's actually it can be it talked about. It can be elaborated. It's 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 the punish is actually God's mercy, and I'm gonna talk a, a little bit about of what I mean uh, when I say that in a minute. But anyways, absolute freedom. In which way we are free, and that's why I believe that. Um, let me answer that question. In which in which way we are free? We are so free that we choose bondage. Why? Jiva Shakti, who we really are, marginal potency. We came into this material world because we wanted to be the center of our own existence, right? We wanted to lord it over uh, our environment. That is that is what the scriptures present. That's what um, our Vaishnava saints, our Vaishnava charas talked about. Other philosophies also um, speak of the same thing, right? The speciality of this Vaishnava, this, this Vaishnava philosophy is that focusing on it focuses on bhakti and devotion towards the supreme absolute truth. Seeing us, the jiva, the jiva shakti, the spirit soul, as who we really are, right? Part and parcels of God. And therefore, constitutionally, we're servants of God, right? We live for his pleasure. And, and in that position, the highest pleasure for ourselves is found, right? Srila Prabhupada gives us an example of how the hand it's not complete if detached from the body, right? The same way the stomach, the stomach, we feed our stomach, but the, the stomach is not complete if detached from the body. I know it's a very material, people are like, what, what, what are you talking about? It's a very gross material example, but it's just to give an idea of, of that relationship between the jiva and the spirit soul. Another example, Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gives that example, right? We're part and parcels, like the sun and 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 the uh, and the sun rays, right? Those those molecules of sun sunlight. The sun is the supreme lord, complete, self-evident, right? The jiva, the infinitesimal uh, part and parcel of God, is considered to be the sun particle, and this is who we are in relationship to in relationship to God. And how are we free? If one understands, and that's why I mentioned in the beginning when I see people sometimes having these discussions online and pushing against others, you know, and finding fault on their behavior, it, 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 it gives me evidence. It is evidence to me that they have not underst understood the uh, teachings of our Vaishnavacharas. Why? Because if you understand the nature of who you really are, as presented by Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita, as elaborated by our Vaishnavacharas, you would understand that that behavior is actually keeping you and enhancing the momentum of what you're focusing on, right? What do I mean by that? A lot of people, let's use the example of what's going on right now, the pandemic, right? A lot of people pushing against it, saying that it's, you know, it's planned, they're trying to control us, this, this, and that. And I'm not going to say if it is or it isn't, right? I'm, I'm, I don't want to have this discussion right now. Just saying that it is a fact that people have that opinion, right? They push against others, calling people sheeple, right? People, sheep. And um, that those kind of discussions are having, are, are taking place right now. And what is the problem with that kind of behavior? Because the person that has that kind of behavior, the behavior itself is evidence they have not understood the philosophy. Because if they knew the nature of who they really are, the nature of who we really are, the nature of this material energy, the nature of this this uh, this apara um, shakti, and the nature of the supreme absolute truth, the nature of God, they would know that that behavior is detrimental to them. They would know that they are choosing because they are choosing to give their attention in the mood of controlling, right? Because they're trying to convince others, show others the way. Uh, to a subject matter that it's not congenial to the path of bhakti, to the path of devotion, that is actually is what is keeping them in bondage. If they understood that, they would actually understand that they are not only 
enhancing the momentum of what they are judging, but they, are, they, they will be held responsible for what is happening because they're engaging other jivas, other spirit souls in that same entanglement. And maybe I'm going, you know, <laughs> too deep here, too crazy for some people, but I think it's an important conversation to have, especially for those that are practicing the path of the path of devotion, the path of bhakti, right? Because we have to take the words of our acharya as they are. Guru Govinda Swami Maharaj is a, is a disciple of Srila Prabhupada, an advanced Vaishnav that lived in the planet until you know, not too long ago, early uh, uh, early two thousands. He, uh, I think, it was early two thousand two, but I might be mistaken. But it's a lot of uh, of his um, classes, his preaching, uh, world worldwide uh, tours, were recorded. They're on YouTube, and he he's he's a heavy preacher, right? He he used to say like, you have to take the words of Acharya, the words of Guru as they are. Don't add salt and pepper. And so many times I see, I catch myself adding salt and pepper, right? Trying to make the instruction fit what I believe to be the best thing for me in the moment and I'm acting under illusion I see that and that's why some a lot of times my prayers that please Gurudev help me see things as they are so I can more easily follow your instructions you know more easy move in the direction of what you want from me Shiloh Bhaktivedanta Narayama Maharaj Gurudev he always says uh, he always says but I saw I was reminded of it I saw a post somewhere someone made a poster right with his image and then a quote when he's saying, I want all my disciples to please, please, twice. I want all my disciples to please, please try to understand you are not this body. You are not the doer. And in my mind, when I saw that post, I was thinking, what leads a pure devotee of the highest caliber, right? He's, he's considered to be an associate of Radha Krishna in Vrindavan. In Vrindavan, in the original abode, he has a form, he serves the Supreme Absolute Truth in their pleasure pastimes in Vrindavan, right? To bring pleasure to the Supreme Absolute Truth. Out of his causeless mercy, he comes into the, this material manifestation, takes the form of a sadaka, of a servant, right? He served so many, he served his Guru Maharaj, his Guru, his spiritual master, he served, you know, perfectly. And Following the orders of his spiritual masters, his Diksha Guru, his initiating Guru, and his Shiksha Guru, he instruction, you know, the, the Guru that gives instruction, he, he went around the world right, to, to, to preach the message of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. What leads a personality like this to emphasize, to, to, to want to, you know, that he spoke about so many things, so many deep philosophical things regarding all these truths, the nature of who we really are, the nature of this world, the nature of Bhagavan, right? And so many other things. Guru Tattva, the truth, the truth about um, Guru, the spiritual master, leads him to so strongly push that message. We can see that Srila Prabhupada also spoke heavily about this, right? He came to, 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 to establish that we are not this body. You can see within his early preaching and his books, he repeats that so many times, we're not this body. And when I, when I read that, I was thinking, like, I want to understand what does it mean, really, to, to, I am not this body. I am not the doer. And that took me to Bhagavad Gita when Krishna says, right, under illusion, we think to be the doers of activity. Not knowing that um, activity is actually being just carried out by material nature. It's carrying it out. And in having discussions with, with other Vaishnavas that I consider uh, of course, higher than me in knowledge, which is not difficult, but someone that I that I, I respect very much, that I see that his life is is uh, dedicated to that understanding, right? To, to to the path of bhakti, so how to serve and appropriately serve Guru and Krishna. Uh, I, I often approach this Vaishnav, this Vaishnav, ask these questions, you know, to have this discussion and get some more clarification, and. Why Guru say these things? Please try to understand you're not this body. Because that is tr it's absolute. It's true. And when we find and when we fall under the illusion that we are the doers, meaning try to control others, you know, try to 
to to voice our opinion in a mood of control, try to show people the path, right? Related to subject matters that are not congenial with the path of bhakti, that show pure misunderstanding, clear uh, misunderstanding of the philosophy. Oh no, I'm all wouldn't say misunderstanding, but certainly it shows that we have not understood what our, our Vaishnavacharas came to give. Why? Because again, if we know who we really are, we're not the doers. We're not the doers. The jiva cannot do anything. Everything is being carried out by material energy. And it's being carried out based on what? Based on our desire. But even the word desire, even the word desire, it's, it's a lot of times seen, um, seen from the wrong perspective. Desire means pattern of thought. Belief. What is belief? Belief is a thought that you keep thinking. That thought gains so much momentum that it becomes a strong belief. It's just what you believe. It's just what you know, right? So desire, which is a thought, right? Thought, no desire that becomes belief is something that we want. And if it's something that we want, we give our attention to it. It becomes, it becomes a pattern of thought within our minds, right? Based on that desire, based on our attention, a lot of, another word that I like to use, based on what I choose to give my attention, which is based on what I'm desiring. Material nature, which is maya shakti, this energy, right, that is there, latent. Everything is there. Material nature reciprocates and immediately creates the path of least resistance towards what I'm giving my attention to. And, I, and I, an important thing that I think most of us miss is that it doesn't matter if it is wanted or unwanted. One cannot say, I want a better job. I hate this job. I don't like this. I want a better job. Why? And then if you ask the person, why do you want a, a, another job? You see that most people, and I'm doing the job thing as an example. Most people, when you ask them the question, why do you want what do you want? They immediately go to the reasons of why they don't like what they have in the moment or of why they need more, right? The job example, for example. <laughs> they say, I want a better job. Okay, so why do you want another job? Because I hate the one I have right now. My boss, you know, is such a hard, um, you know, such a hard person to deal with. My coworkers don't cooperate with me. I don't have freedom to... to uh, um, freedom you know, to speak my mind, to, to, to move in a direction of what I think would be more beneficial for me and for the company. You see, there's no clarity. In, in those statements, there's no clarity at all. I'm not moving at all in the direction of what I actually want. You see that I'm not clear about what I actually want. And then if I stop myself and say, hold on, Chaitanya, what do you want? It's clear that you don't want this job, but what do you want? It's like, oh, I said it. I said I want I want a place like that. You know, I don't find people like this. They're like, and they think that okay, this is gonna give what you want. It's like it won't, because your attention, based on what you're communicating in your, sp based on your spe speech, is focused on what is not wanted. And material nature doesn't. It's not a judge, a ruler that is looking there and figuring it out what you want. It's like, oh, he's saying he doesn't like this. Oh, but it's because he actually wants this. No. You focus on your thought and and sends you towards it sends you the cooperative components, cooperative components that will that will actually keep giving you more of what you have what, what we have our attention on. Um, I know that can be a little complicated, you know, to get it at first. Let me give you another example, which is very prominent in the culture we live in today, right? Fitness, health and fitness, it's a, you know, billions of dollars like industry. You see for people that sometimes they're overweight, when you have that conversation about weight, they immediately go to what? I want to lose five pounds. I want to lose 12 pounds, right? It's like, okay, it seems like what's the problem with that statement? Quite simply, now try to remember what I just said. Based on what I just mentioned, right? We got the example with the job. When you say, I need to lose five pounds, and you're focusing, oh my gosh, I, you know, I still haven't lost five pounds. I need to lose five pounds. You go to the scale and I need to lose five pounds. 
The problem with that statement and that pattern of thought, that belief, is that what? You need to lose five pounds. But to lose, to lose five pounds or to continually lose five pounds, you need to have the five pounds to begin with. If you don't have the extra five, if you don't have the five pounds, you cannot lose the five pounds. And again, please try to understand what I'm saying. I'm, not, you know, I'm trying to do my best to convey the idea, but that's what it means. Material nature will continue to, give, to send the cooperative component, components for whatever we have our attention on. Now, using the, the job example, right? What would be the best way that will actually bring me what I, what I want? First of all, move towards clarity, right? Try to get clear. What is it that I want? I don't like this job, but what is it that I actually want out of a job? And you can find what you want looking at what is not wanted. If you look at your job, then you're thinking, excuse me, if you're looking at your, your job and you're thinking, I, um, I don't like this job because my boss is... It's a very difficult person to deal with. My coworkers are not cooperative. Okay, let's stop there. Now let me get clarity about what I actually want in relationship to that, what I actually want out of a job. I want a job where I can, uh, you know, we can have a supervisor, a boss that is open-minded, right, that is cooperative, that, can st that is looking for value in the, uh, in the people that he's leading. I, wanna, I want a job I mean, that... that that has an environment of cooperation where my coworkers or myself with my coworkers strongly move in the direction of what we want, which is meet the, go you know, the goals uh, set for ourselves. You see the difference of that approach? One, I'm pushing against towards what is not wanted, right? And the other one, I'm moving in the direction of what I want. It is, it is a subtle distinction, but it has to be made, okay? And why I'm giving that example? Because regarding the pandemic and everything that is going on, if we keep pushing against what is not wanted, material nature, this maya shakti, this potency, no, is there, vibrating. It has frequencies, right? When we focus on pushing against what is not wanted, we, it, inevitably, without a doubt, Material nature will keep sending more of it. That's why a lot of a lot of times it's common to see people saying, "I don't know why this keep happening to me. I don't know why this keep happening to me." Oh, here we go again. I keep I keep seeing people like this. Why? Because that's what it has your focus, has your attention, and strong momentum is taking place. Taking place, and I'm going to talk about momentum in a minute because it's another very important thing to 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 realize. What does it mean momentum in our lives as we stand? here and now so again maya shakti in relationship to the jiva shakti right take this body out of the picture imagine yourself i remember there was a movie back in the day called uh cocoon i think right where these aliens had some eggs uh, things that they would throw in the ocean to be re-energized right and and they were when they were ready i think they would take out of the ocean and put in the pool in a retirement home and the retirees they would they would, they went they happen to go one day one night one day go into that pool and start swimming and it rivet what's the word revitalized Re revitalized revitalized them right and they couldn't understand why they kept going back to the pool and they became like you know doing be able to do backflips retirees that could barely walk they were doing backflips they were they were living it up and one day in the pool they saw the the, the there were some people coming back from the boats carrying more of these eggs and putting them in the pool. And then one of the ladies actually peeled off her skin like this. And it revealed herself to be this bright. And this is a movie in the 90s, I think. So the CGI is the worst. <laughs> right? But I thought it was a nice idea because she revealed this bright, energetic body. She could fly like a little fairy and stuff, right? And I like to think like, okay, this is who I really am. Shakti, energy, right? Vibrating, pulsating. And emanating emanating frequencies through thought. So imagine yourself as you know, that body is inside of this you know, flesh and bone body. So, okay, if I'm not this body and I'm Jiva Shakti, how am I interacting and in, in, in influencing the world around me? Through thought and emotion, through frequency and vibration. So if I'm thinking about, again, giving an example of 
the job, right? If I'm thinking about uh, whatever I'm thinking about, whatever I'm thinking about is important to think about in a way that doesn't push against it. Because if you push against it, you are acting under illusion. You think you are the doer. You think you are the controller. But if you don't push against it and you move in the direction of what you want, right? Because you can have whatever you want. God is all good. That's, that's another principle, right? The nature of the supreme absolute truth. Everything, everything, and it's a hard one for people to hear, especially if they're going through suffering or if they have, have experienced suffering in this body, right? Now or in the past is a hard one for people to accept, right? When they, they, so many people go through terrible things, such as abuse, sexual abuse, uh, physical abuse, right? Uh, break of trust. Like so many things happen, and it's hard for people to hear that. How can you're asking me to see Krishna's mercy, God's mercy in that kind of behavior, in that kind of situation I went through? It's a hard one. I completely understand. Um, and, and I don't mean to be offensive and belittle the, these people experience in any way, shape, or form. I understand it's painful. But I am humbly asking for anyone to, to that, that is happen to be listening to this to take yourself out of the picture a little bit. Take, you know, move away from your experience and try to listen to the words of our spiritual masters. Try to lis- listen to the words of Srila Prabhupada, of Srila Gurudev. Try to understand that you're actually not this body. The, the Vedic scriptures speak of our experience here in this material world as a blink of an eye. It's a second. It's a split second in comparison to, to, our, to our eternal existence, right? It is said that we've been here trying to enjoy in this apara shakti, in this material world, since time immemorial. Since time immemorial. It says that it's anadi, like without beginning. And I, I, I remember someone asking Guru Govinda Swami Maharaj, like, what does that mean? That it says it's out beginning, right? It says, it, it says uh, uh, no, there's, there's no beginning. And he said, there's no beginning, meaning has been so long that you cannot trace, you cannot trace the time when you start, when, 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 you, when you're attracted, when you're in marginal position and you're attracted to this lower energy, to this lower potency. That means anadi, without beginning, meaning since time immemorial, meaning you cannot, you ca- it's so long you cannot track. So now imagine you, myself, here, where we are right now, in this body, you know, experiencing all those things and acting strongly under illusion, thinking you are this body, holding on to the sufferings, to the pains and injustices that we have sur- suffered in this body. If we cannot step back, Listen to the words of Acharyas. Listen to what this, the Vedic scriptures or the scriptures are presenting. It's very hard to move on from where we are. But if we are able to step back a little bit, it's like, okay, I'm not this body. All these horrible things happening happen to me, but I'm going to try to put my faith in their words. And I'm going to step back a little bit. I will see myself as that, that, um, that, that being, right? And that 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 uh that that spirit soul that jiva shakti right that personality that is not that is beyond this physical manifestation beyond this material body, and if you step back, you step back, you will see that you can slow down the momentum of whatever you 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 are experiencing right now in your life. You will see that you can develop a practice and that's why sadhana is so important sadhana practice right i love that they say sadhana bhakti the practice of devotion because it's required it's necessary we have to practice everything is practice everything is practice everything is attention we put our attention and we move in toward, you know, towards that so people say uh, sometimes people say i remember uh, uh, even before i've been a vegetarian for a few years now People before I was the one that w- that I remember I would say I don't think I can be a vegetarian because I grew up in Brazil eating meat, and it was just a practiced thing. Once I made a decision, and I start practicing it, right, cutting things out of no meat out of my diet, n- it, momentum starts picking up. So from a mentality that oh I don't think I can live without meat, from that. Because I start practicing, opening my mind a little bit, and I start practicing and moving in the direction of what I wanted, right? 
now the momentum is so strong that I cannot imagine myself eating meat for, for enjoyment or for whatever reason, curiosity. It, it literally makes me sick of my stomach. I have an experience just in my mind, right? We went to Brazil a few years ago with my wife and my daughter, visit my family, and meat was all over the place. It's part of the culture, right? And we don't judge. I understand a lot of my family is the, you know, is the life that they live. They're actually very pious. They're, they're Christian, pious Christians, right? Uh, there is an aspect of bhakti, of devotion in their life, and I appreciate that very much. But they eat meat, and my wife and I and my kids, and they understand that we don't, and they try to accommodate for us, but they are living their lives. Even this smell, this smell it's, it, you know, it, 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 it creates discomfort. And again, I'm just saying these things not to judge anyone, just to share my experience and, and give examples of what I mean regarding momentum. So if you, regardless of what's happening right now in your life, if you step back a little bit and you start listening, base your thought, your attention on what our Vaishnavacharas, what the scriptures are presenting, you will find that you can slow that momentum down. And you will find that it will be easier for you to change your pattern of thought, right? at least is what I found for myself, to change my pattern of thought, to give my attention towards towards what is wanted. And then you start talking about, in a more clear and specific way, you start talking about what you actually want. And in that way, you will see the material nature. In the same way, he kept bringing the things that you were trying to communicate that you didn't want, like, like the difficult job, the, the uncooperative um, co-workers, or know someone that wants a relationship you know you 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 hear and i heard that before you know sometimes guys saying or women saying you know it's like i don't know why i always attract these kind of guys right it's like see the evidence is is in what you're saying it's because that has your focus right what kind of guy do you want usually you would say i actually had this conversation with someone in orlando once you know what kind of guy do you want Oh, I just I just don't want these guys that do this. They they they. It's normal to go into that. I just don't. I I actually go around in my conversations observing people's approach. Right for years now, I I've I've do that as an experiment just to see. And you can see it. I challenge you to do it when con when conversing when talking to people. You know, if they are communicating something that is not pleasant to them that they are experiencing, ask them what do you want, and you'll see for the most part they will push against whatever they are experiencing in the moment. I just don't want these guys to do this and this, this and that. It's like, okay, no, I understand that though, but what do you want? And and you see, they have to stop and like, what do you mean? Like, what do you want? What do you want? You want a guy that is what? And it's difficult for them to even, you know, communicate, uh, speak of what it is. Why? Because there's no momentum of thought. There's no practice in thinking that kind of way. And why is this is an important conversation? Because, again, we're so free that we choose bondage. We're free to think. We're free to give our attention to whatever we choose to. We're free. We're free. We're free. We're free. And as within that freedom, as we choose to give our attention towards not wanted, towards what is not wanted, especially in the mood of control, we're breaking natural law. We're seeing ourselves as the doers of activity trying to influence others and control others to move in a way that we think will be beneficial, not only for them, but mainly for us, right? We think people are infringing in our, in our liberties, so I have to push against and do something about it. Instead of actually putting faith in transcendence, knowing that Krishna is the only doer, the only doer, the jiva does not have that potency, does not have that shakti. We think ourselves as the doer, but actually, material nature is just carrying out the activity. But it's carrying out the activity based on what? Based on our thoughts, based on our desires. Krishna arranges everything. This material nature is arranged to reciprocate with whatever you want, as you wish, more, as you wish, more. But wish means what? Wish, desire, thought means attention, attention. That's why it's important to give our attention towards what is wanted. And what is wanted for those in the path of bhakti, in the path of devotion, is important that we make sure that whatever we want is in line and beneficial to the path we are choosing to walk. 
which is the path of the path of devotion, the path of um, bhakti, right? Devotion. I want to read something real quick that I was thinking. <coughs> excuse me. I was talking about that yesterday, and I decided to record this video because, again, I, I, I'm fascinated about the subject matter. It gave me so much clarity, so many things that I couldn't explain before. You know, it's much so much easier for me to digest now. And I was thinking about that last night, and I saw this uh, post by Shila Prabhupada, and I want to read. I want to read that. It's not a post. Excuse me. A purport. Purport of Srila Bhaktivedanta um, Swami Prabhupada, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. He wrote on his Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita, Adilila, chapter 2, verse 117. In the purport, you will find, quote, imitation devotees who wish to advertise themselves as elevated Vaishnavas and who therefore imitate the previous Acharyas but do not follow them in principle are conditioned are conditioned in the world in the words of Srimad Bhagavatam and he gives the reference um, second canto canto third chapter 24th verse as stone-hearted right so they are condemned in the words of Srimad Bhagavatam as stone-hearted Srila Vishnavach Takravarchi Thakur another Vaishnavacharya in our disciplic succession he commented on their stone-hearted condition as follow and then here's the verse and the translation is those who shed tears quote those who shed tears by practice but whose hearts have not changed are to be known as stone-hearted devotees of the lowest grade their imitation crying in induced by artificial practice artificial practice is always condemned end quote Srila Prabhupada continues saying the desired change of heart referred to the above is visible in the reluctance to do anything not congenial to the devotional way. To create such a change of heart, conclusive discussion about Sri Krishna and his potencies. So, to create such a change of heart, conclusive discussion about Sri Krishna and his potencies is absolutely necessary. False devotees may think that simply shedding tears will lead one to, transcend to the transcendental plane. Even if one has not had a factual change in heart, but such a practice is useless if there is no transcendental realizations, right? If we don't know the truth. I added that, I'm sorry. If there's no transcendental realizations. He continues. False devotees lacking the conclusions of, the transcend of transcendental knowledge, think that artificially shedding tears will deliver them. Similarly, other false devotees, here, this is an important thing also. Similarly, other false devotees, thinking that studying books of the previous acharyas is unadvisable, like studying dry empiric philosophies. But Srila Jiva Goswami following the previous, the previous acharyas has inculcated the conclusions of the scriptures in, 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 this, in this sixth thesis called the Sat Sandarbas. The Sat Sandarbas. False devotees who have very little knowledge of such, of such conclusions fail to achieve pure devotion for want of zeal in accepting the favorable directions for devotional service giving by self-realized self devotees. Such false devotees are like impersonalists who also consider devotional service no better than ordinary fruitive, fruit, fruitive activities. End quote. Right? So it was awesome that he said to, to, to create such change of heart so we don't have a stone-hearted, stone right? we're not stone-hearted. He says to create such change of heart, conclusive discussion about Sri Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and His potencies are absolutely necessary. And what are Krishna's potencies? Like I said before in the beginning of this video, right? It is said, uh, lower potency, right? Apara Shakti, the material world, conclusive discussion regarding the nature of this material world is necessary, is required. The nature of this material world, the nature of who we really are, Jiva Shakti. 
Krishna, Krishna's potency, right? Jiva, we're Jiva Shakti. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, we're Jiva Shakti. So conclusive discussion regarding the nature of this world, the nature of who we really are, and the nature of Bhagavan, the nature of God, the nature of Shri Krishna is required, is necessary. And evidence that we have not understood these things, and therefore, you know, I have a stone, stone heart, is that I have, I have not, uh, I engage in conversations in, in these kind of topics in a mood of controller, trying to push against things. Instead of understand who I really am, Jiva Shakti, the center of my own existence, and whatever I focus, I give attention to, I give thoughts to, this other Shakti, this Apara Shakti, this Maya Shakti, is there latent, vibrating, right? Ready to meet my frequency, to meet me as potency, whatever I am. And he sends more of it. He sends more of it. So if one starts seeing the truth, seeing things as they are, everything we choose to give our attention to, we will give first in the mood of das, in the mood of servant, knowing that we are not the controllers. And second of all, we will make sure that whatever we're giving our attention to is congenial, as Srila Prabhupada said, with the, with the path of devotion. Is this actually going to help me? Right? Serve my Gurudev, serve Srila Prabhupada, serve uh, the Supreme Absolute Truth. Is this behavior, is this conversation, is this subject matter that I'm choosing to give my attention to, is it, is it actually going to help me understand right, Krishna and his potencies? That is an, a question that has to be asked. And the answer, and, and, the, and not the answer, but I was going to say, and in every single subject matter, you can move in that direction. Every single subject matter, we can speak in such a way that is actually congenial to the path of devotion. Why? Because that is the nature of Bhagavan. He is, God is all good. We used to say that in, in church, God, for the Lord is good, right? God is good. And it was hard for people, to know, for people to understand, how can God be good when there's so many horrible things happening? And again, that kind of statement it's evidence of lack of knowledge. They are identifying themselves as the body. They are identifying their existence in the here and now based on what is happening. Not knowing that we've been trying to enjoy separately from God in this material world, in this material existence. And not only this material world, this Maya Shakti is also unlimited. There are unlimited material universes. The scriptures speak of a, a, a form of Krishna, right? I think it's Karano Dakshaya Vishnu. I don't know which one it is. Kshiro Dakshaya Vishnu, Karano Dakshaya Vishnu, Garbo Dakshaya Vishnu. I don't know which one. <laughs> I can't remember right now. But the scriptures speak of a form of the Supreme Lord that it manifests and it's, it, it, it lays there and in every single breath, for ev from every single pore, we know that as human beings we have trillions of pores, right? In our skin. The scripture speaks that from every single pore of that gigantic form of the Lord, material universes are manifested, right? Talk about multiverse. We're just getting into the Marvel multiverse uh, phase. And this is a multiverse that exists, right? So as, as Vishnu is sitting there, and the unlimited material universes, unlimited. Think about from every single pore, one material universe. I think the word is Brahmanda. One material universe, one egg, one one uh, yeah, one material universe is manifested, and in this material universe, we are born into it, in this planet, in this in this in the in on Earth, right? Which has a word in Sanskrit, but I can't think it right now. So there are unlimited material universes, uh, no unlimited jivas trying to lord it over an experience and trying to be the center of their own existence in these material universes. So people there are mentioning like how can God, they don't understand this truth. They think I am this body. I'm gonna, I, I, I was born. I'm going to die. You know, luckily when I'm like 98, you know, 100 years old and bus, done. Not knowing that, no, that is not true. You just came into this body just to experience the results of your activities right 
And we can go in so many other directions here when it comes to talking about the, the speciality of this human body, right? Because only with this human body can we realize who we really are. Can we have choices, right? I heard someone, I heard someone saying, right, if you're a goose and, things, no, and, and in the winter things don't look too good uh, down south, tough luck, <laughs> right? You have no choice. Material nature is forcing them to fly south, right? If you're if you're a if you're a uh, uh, if you're a tree, you know there's a fire, and it starts it starts feeling uncomfortable. There's no choice. Human beings have choice, have choice. If my neighborhood if things are not too good in my neighborhood, I can move, right? We can choose to we can choose a different path. We can choose a different pattern of thought. That is the speciality of this material world. Animals cannot commit sin. Why? Because they're just acting. They're just acting according, according, to, their, according to, to their nature. Right? A tiger cannot help but hunt. It's acting according to its nature. You will see something that it perceives as a, as a, uh, as a meal, 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 and will go after it. And that is not sin. But human be beings, we commit sin. We break natural law. For the animals, that is natural law to hunt. For a human being, we break natural law. To bring suffering to other living entities so I can enjoy, that breaks natural law. And again, hard for people to hear when they don't understand the nature of who we really are, the nature of this world, and the nature of God, the nature of the supreme absolute truth. Which these three subject matter alone are so deep, so philosophical in nature. Uh, I hope this brings some clarity to whoever is listening. Uh, you know, let's move in the direction of what we want. Let's focus uh, on what is wanted in relationship, again, to who we really are, the nature of this world, and most importantly, the nature of the supreme absolute truth. And as we move in that direction, let's make sure that everything we focus on and everything we'll do, we do is done uh, in relationship to our constitutional position to our relationship to Guru and Krishna. All right. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for watching. Again, um, please don't forget. You know, if you're watching this on YouTube, don't forget to you know hit the like button, subscribe, subscribe to the channel. I'm gonna be posting more videos, uh, sharing my realizations. Uh, if you want more information, some material that can help you, again. Uh, realize who you re you really are, so you can live in more you know a happier and more fulfilling life. Um, again, take a look at my website. Okay. Thank you very much, and until next time, chant Hare Krishna and be happy. Hare Krishna.